welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. I thought the real addition to character work was being able to understand that the character isn't you. And because it isn't you, you can build them as a separate person that you then step into. And I, li I like that. I like the idea of that. It's, it allows you to try on a little bit of him. I, I mean, look, here, here's the thing about working on acting. You begin to develop a real understanding of human beings. And the second that you look at him and think, I wonder what he thought about fill in the blank, whatever, you know, uh, it's like, that's so interesting. I wonder how difficult it must have been for him to make this decision. So that's a question that Karim, the actor, asks. And so maybe as Karim, the actor, you talk out, uh, it must have been difficult because he'd worked so hard to get where he got in this company. So that's going to be, so basically he must have felt like that he maybe had wasted his time, you know? And so you can go through as Karim, the actor thoughts about what he might have gone through. And then there's a point where you say, well, let me just try this on a little bit. Let me just step into him, morph into him, shape shift, if you will, into him. Yeah for a little bit, and I'm gonna do this little etude where I talk out what Karim the actor has figured out he must be going through. So Karim the actor has figured out what he must be going through, but I now need to have the character go through it so that I don't stay on the outside of it. And so that's when suddenly you say, all right, so I think what I, so now I'm going to do this exercise where I talk out the difficulty. And so that's when, <laughs> like a crazy person, I just start talking out. And I start talking out this monologue where I talk out, damn it, I've worked so hard for this. But I do not think that it's worth it to go to, in order to compromise something I feel very strongly about. And so, you know, so I talk that out. And so now I sit, now I leave him. So, you know, I, wor I worked a little bit on that, you know, maybe a minute, maybe a minute and a half. And so then I leave him and say, okay, yeah, I get it. So when I step into him, Again, I, I've, I have that sense of him. I like the idea of being very, very aware that I am playing another person and that building that other person is uh, freeing for me because then I can, I can step into him. I can morph into him um, at will. You get to see more of who they are. Mm-hmm. So it's not just randomly, you know, you have to go to the text. Yeah. Yes, yes. And force what you think the text must mean. I mean, that's the reason that you 
begin to question everything. Uh, you begin to look at everything as important. You you look at everything that's important. Look at every line of dialogue as being important so that you can sit back and say, what does that mean? Yeah, just like Miller, he keeps going back to Quinn's past. There's an attachment to his past. And I think this is where the decision as an actor, I have to say, yes, I can see where Quinn is struggling. There are people that say, whoa, if I elevate myself to a certain position, I can't, I go against everything that I believe in, everything that I stood for. Kind of. I mean, this is where you have to be careful. You might, this is where you have to be careful that you don't impose your thinking on him. On his Because he could very well be the president of General Electric and not forget where he came from. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the reason Mr. Miller gives us a, a, a line of dialogue when, when the uh, reporter says, you know, tell us about how you got here or whatever. And he says, it's a long story, but I'd love to tell it. Yeah. And the thing is, he hasn't forgotten he, he hasn't forgotten where he came from, and he hasn't... No, yeah, but what I was trying to say, Milton, that see, a guy like Jamie Dimon, he can commit whatever he wants to do. It doesn't have an effect on him because he's so detached. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> so detached. And, 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 and now I sent you the article of the New York Times thing, and now apparently... He's been, no, this is the other day. I think I sent it to you. He's been called in to save banking. Oh, I didn't see see that, but I did read that. I did. Yeah. No, he's now he's been called. The government has called him in to save it, Uh, which is just hilarious. I mean, who would have thought? Um, Yes, but with all of this, look, here's the important thing. All analysis must be turned into something actable. Yeah. Yes, it all has to be turned into something that that you say this has affected the way he sees things. This has affected the way he behaves, and uh, you know that's a leap. You know that's that's a leap in in the same way. Human beings are that way. I mean, I know nothing about Austin, but I was watching an interview he did. I, I pulled him up because I was I watched an interview that he did. And I, that's the sweetest kid you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you see an uh, you see an interview with him, and he's just so grateful to get this part. I just pulled him up because I thought, I don't, and if you hadn't mentioned it, I wouldn't have any idea who he was. And so I thought, who is this kid? And then I looked, you know, I looked at his credits and realized, you know, first of all, he's born in 1997, and this is the fourth film he's done. And so I was just pulling him up, and it's, and there was an interview with him with some sports commentary. The, I mean, the most appealing interview 
um, you know, obviously he's somebody that decided to come to class because he was smart enough to say, okay, I've gotten by, but there's more. I want more. You know, the, the point here is there are decisions you make about a character that are huge. And you have to be able to recognize that they're huge and give that much time, give that much effort, that uh, give that much attention to issues that are that huge. And this is huge. I, I always fear actors are just so anxious to answer the question that they just leap to an answer. But you have to realize when somebody came from where Ted Quinn came from and made it to the presidency of the largest corporation in America, and he is stepping down because of a moral problem he has with being in that position, it's it's like you have to know how big that is. You know, I'm not sure I know how, I know that many people that would do that. I really am humbled that you have responded so well to our podcast. It was Walker's idea and I fought it and he assured me that there was a marketplace for it. That was the first chapter. But the interesting thing is he also mentioned that he hears from people all the time who say, you know, I, I want more, I want more. And obviously there is more. The bonus subscription will allow you to hear the unedited versions of the podcast if you want to go deeper. And then in addition, we're going to start a series of conversations with actors. And I've spoken to my former student, Mark Ruffalo and Margot Martindale that I've directed, Chris Carmack, who's now in Grey's Anatomy, Sean Astin, who obviously was in Lord of the Rings. And as a bonus subscriber, you will be able to write in questions. Other benefits include video episodes, chapters of Milton's next book, and personal audio responses to your acting questions. Sign up today at I don't need an acting class.com. The ticket here is be specific. The shopping for a choice that is specific, that gives you exactly what you need. I mean, and the way I get to specific was there was the time that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I help myself get specific by saying there was the time that. And and go slowly so I believe it. You know, don't go, there was, a, there was a time that there was a little guy who came in with an idea. That's not specific. You know, really think of this. I, I like thinking of it as a little film. You know, it's like if you were to describe the film of it, like if I were building it, I would say I walked in, I was walking through the waiting room. And there was a very 
well-groomed kid sitting there. And he, he, he was young. So, in other words, now there is a specific person. Uh, let me just see if I can find. Uh, and hey, by the way, that Nike movie comes out this week. I know. I'm hoping there's a preview on Wednesday I can go to. And just so you know, I'm pulling up five inventions of the 1930s. Yeah, that's what I've been looking at. Okay, I got it. Okay. Oh, you're going to. So the direction I'm going is, and so the kid piped up and he said, Mr. Quinn, Mr. Quinn, what do you think about having a radio in your car? Okay, now I have a guy, now I have a time that. And now I need an event that happens where General Electric agrees to put his idea with his schematics into development, but they wanted 50% of the profits. And this kid had done a lot of work. It was workable. And he took it because it's the middle of the depression. So, I mean, that's the thing. So in other words, now I have a specific and I have something and I have something that weighs on him. And, and by the way, I understand it. Uh, Walker and I've been working, worked all day yesterday, aside from class, and we've come up with an idea that we think is absolutely fantastic. And, and because we know nothing about this area, and maybe it won't be, but, but uh, uh, I figured out who to call. But, um, and of course, if somebody said that it was a really good idea in their development and they wanted 50%, we'd give it to them. Because we don't know anything about this area. The point is, I have to know how big it is. Yes, absolutely. It was such a big decision that he was willing to step down as president of General Electric. I have a question for you, Malcolm. In play, sometimes things are fictitious. Someone deciding what Quinn did, we, I would have to really, we would have to really look for someone in real life. No, no, I never would ever, 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 ever. I have no interest in that whatsoever. Okay. I'd much rather have the kid that had the idea with for the car radio. Okay. okay. That yeah. never happened. There was no kid that came into Quinn's <laughs> office with the idea of a car radio. All I did doing research was I plugged in yeah. inventions from the 1930s, and one of them was the car radio. I stole that, gave it to a kid sitting into his, in his office. Okay. I, I find working with real people, I don't know. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it isn't. I like the car radio. Okay. You know, I thought that was, a, I, as soon as I saw car, car radio, I thought, that's cool. You know, that's the sort of thing somebody would have brought to General Electric. You know, it, every choice is a choice to excite you. 
you might not like the car radio. I mean, the other things, where else? What else was it? Um, I also like sliced bread. Something general doesn't feed you. That's why. I mean, if you said to me, there was a kid sitting in the office and he had uh, he had an idea for an invention and I decided it was a good I, it was a good thing for us to do, that none of that is feeding me. It could, but it just wasn't. But as soon as I know what the invention was, then it starts to bring me to life. And it's the same way. It's like you telling the story of, what's their name, Linda in the Bronx? Helen, Helen. Helen, Helen, I keep Helen, Helen. Yes, it's you talking <laughs> about Helen. Yeah, it's like you love telling that story because it's alive and it's funny, and and weird and off and very typical of that neighborhood, and it yeah. says everything you need to know about the neighborhood. So now you're going to a different neighborhood. You're going to a different neighborhood. The you, the neighborhood you're going to is called the 1930s in New York City. And it's in the middle of the Depression, and you're an executive at General Electric. That's your neighborhood. So now, in the same way that you talk about your own neighborhood from the Bronx, you will now talk about the new neighborhood. I'm going to build a kid in the office to engage you as much as Helen engages me. So if you could have seen this kid, you have never seen a kid who was more disheveled. I mean, it was like you you thought to, to himself, didn't your mother comb your hair for you this morning? Mm-hmm. And and everything about it, it was, it, it was, bless his heart, it was a shabby suit, but he was wearing a suit. And uh, it was obviously a hand-me-down suit. Mm-hmm because it was way too big for him. But he had a little tablet with some drawings in it. And when he saw me, he said, Mr. Quinn? And I said, yes. And he said, and he just handed me the tablet. And I thought, this kid's a genius. But you see what I mean? It's like I have found a way that I am now falling in love with the choice of how I'm building the kid. And I can go on. If I lose the kid, I've got other things. I can tell you about the pants he was wearing and the shoes. I Don't Need an Acting Class is created and hosted by Milton Justice. Producer is me, Walker Vreeland, and director of online media is Evan Sollers. Music is by Jeffrey Kieser. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Uh, you can find us online, I don't need an acting class.com. And uh, you can continue to send your questions to Milton at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back here next week.